I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. And this is Volume Up by the Tees. So the Grammys happened. Did you watch? <laughs> Finally. Did you partake? <laughs> I mean, I, I watched the red carpet coverage. Uh, the Grammys themselves, I feel like, are pretty whack. I, so right. I'm a big music fan, so it, it hurts to say it. But like the performances, they always like jumble people together and it's strange. Yeah. And then, because I'm a little bit older now, some of the people Ooh. that are up for the awards, uh, I don't wow. know who they are. I know, I said, but, but but I did. I do know <laughs> both Olivia Rodrigo and Billie Eilish, which I feel like was the most important thing to know yeah. in terms of like Gen Z artists. So okay. I wasn't totally off. But what I'm getting at is, I did not watch the ceremony. I did enjoy the coverage of the red carpet to see Same. the Lukes, um, and of course, we wrote about in the teaser. We're going to get to that in a minute, but. Right. What I did see an awful lot of was the picture of a one Ms. Olivia Rodrigo with a broken Grammy. How, what do you think about that? Do you, cause every, every, I feel like I almost mean, maybe even every year when it's a multiple winner, they've got one too many, it fell, oops. And then the Grammy <laughs> break. So like, do we think that I it's feel real? Like maybe there'll be some time in my life that I can do the same. I don't know. <laughs> There hasn't been for me. It's like, oops, I dropped your water bottle because I have your helmet, your baseball, your bat, your backpack, your uniform, your sunflower seeds, your big league chew. I mean, need I go on. So I guess in that way I can relate. However, come on, stack them yeah, appropriately. Yeah, st- ex- Put stack the arms appropriately. out. Yep. I was going to say, like, you don't see, although maybe the record will be, have to be corrected. You don't usually see like a Beyonce or a Lady Gaga when they win a bunch of them or like a Mariah can't like drop it and break it. But, you know, so yeah, we saw that picture, Olivia, (laughs) LOL. Better luck next year. Do you think they fix them on site before they go home? Good question. I mean, if so, so. it's got to be like a hot glue gun sort of situation. (laughs) Well, then it, it sort of begs the question, what is the Grammy Award made out of if it's just right. snapping off? It's just like, bing! Like, Are they goes, plastic? Like, were they at, like, the the trophy store? And, like, <laughs> they should be screwed on or something. What, I mean, one, I, I'm just going to put it out there. I always thought they were, like, metal. Like, the gramophone For part sure. was, like, a like a heavy, it, weighty. It should be, like, it's some... Just, percentage of gold or right, something right. like it shouldn't be just popping off willy-nilly but good. i mean what do we I know bet no one else is talking about that probably not but you this. heard it here on the right. volume up podcast we've got strong feelings about this <laughs> uh was it all a hoax look all right things that are not a hoax on last week's episode, we talked with Britta Cox. Britta is the founder of Aquas and co-founder of K18. Everybody's talking about K18. Britta Cox decided that there had to be a better, healthier way to dry your hair. And with her ski industry background, knowledge of sports fiber technology, and an entrepreneurial mindset, she set out to find a fabric that alleviated the annoyance that she experienced drying her hair with a cotton towel. The technological innovation that Britta implemented to create the Aquas beloved wrap towels eventually led to a light bulb moment for her tech entrepreneur husband and herself, who after 10 years of research created K-18, insert trumpets, angels, singing, all of that. The science-backed hair care brand turning the industry on its head. Together, their approach to hair drying was rooted in avoiding the use of excessive force and finding innovative ways to work with hair to create the ultimate healing routine. If you like learning more about the industry, like People such as Britta Cox and others, those who are enacting change and creating a better world, make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us 
on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, all of the places at Read the Teas and send in questions to volumeupofthetees.com and we may answer them here on this very podcast. We may. Let's let's hear it. Plastic or version of gold. What is the Grammy? What's a Grammy made, made of? Yep, yep. <laughs> on this week's episode, we continue our mental health series with Audrey Groose. Audrey is the founder and chairwoman of the Hope for Depression Research Foundation, HDRF, which was established, which she established in 2006 in memory of her late mother, Hope, who battled clinical depression for decades. The mission is to fund pioneering international scientific research into the origins, diagnosis, treatment and prevention of depression and its related mood and other emotional disorders with the ultimate goal of finding a cure. HDRF distinguishes itself as the only significantly funded research program, public or private, based on effective neuroscience, which integrates the fields of neuroscience, which is the biology of the brain, and effect the mind and emotions. In 2017, she created Hope Fragrance Collection, a line of fragrances that donates 100% of net profits directly to the Hope for Depression Research Foundation. That is a mouthful. Holy smokes, Audrey Groose. Super excited to get to that interview. Yeah, you guys are going to love her. Yeah, you're going to love her. Uh, But before we get to her and talking all about her incredible perfumes, which you're going to want to purchase after listening, uh, we're going to talk about something that is trending at the moment that seems to be always bubbling to the top. And that is something that you are quite passionate about. Hair extensions. Kelly, what are you seeing? You know, um, Glossy, our friends over at Glossy, uh, reported that beauty and wellness, in their briefing this week, that hair extensions are the next subcategory to get disrupted. And I do Mm -hmm. feel like hair extensions are poised to indeed disrupt, indeed come, you know, more so to to mainstream, right? We see people changing their looks, um, changing their length, their color, and not all the time is that all natural, if you will. Um, so excited to see how hair extensions will really dominate the category in 2022. I can't wait. I mean, I'm genuinely curious to see how this is all going. Um, there are so many brands on the marketplace now, which, right. you know, just a few years ago, not the case, some right. better than others. And so, you know, we're excited to see sort of how this develops, what people are using, whether synthetic or human sort of ethical implications therein, how they're handling issues of sustainability, all of this stuff. I mean, it's fascinating, a part of the market that, you know, as you said, like is only set to explode and we've got our eyes on what's happening and we will be reporting back here. We will. And I think too, there's a halo effect, right? So Mm -hmm. then that, that sort of triggers other subcategories like scalp care, bond building, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Right. So I would like to think uh, that it will, sort of trigger a multitude of newbies on the scene. And there's certainly a lot of wonderful brands out there as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And look for those wonderful brands on the tease.com, which we're going to talk about in a second. We're going to talk about what we do every week on this podcast, which is some of our favorite headlines. We started the podcast talking about the Grammys. So it's only yeah. natural that we start with our recap on the best looks because the glam teams really brought it this year. 2022 The Grammys were back in person, and we're going to talk about it. So the article is The Most Dazzling Hairstyles from the 2022 Grammys. 
At long last, award season finally came to an end with the return of the 64th annual Grammy Awards. Hosted by Trevor Noah, the ceremony was such a welcome treat after all of the chaos and controversy surrounding the Oscars. We all saw what happened. We're not going to get into it. Nope. Uh, along with... <laughs> Along with celebrating some of the much-deserved wins from our favorite musicians, music's biggest night also blessed us with a number of iconic performances from the likes of Billie Eilish, BTS, Olivia Rodrigo, as well as some pretty memorable red carpet moments, which we're going to get into. On the Tease.com, we recapped our favorite looks, crediting all of our favorite hairstylists and the glam teams. So, Kelly, let's just talk about it. Which of the looks that we saw were your faves? Okay, so I'm going to skip the one that I know was likely your fave. And I'm going to go to the one where I do believe, (laughs) I do believe that the stylist had to have just their impeccable craft on display. And that was Paris Hilton. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. A non-traditional pick. Why was Paris there? I don't know. (laughs) DJ Paris Hilton. She came for it. Uh, she certainly did. Um, did you see, speaking of, I mean, we're jumping all over the place and it's really maybe just an Olivia Rodrigo podcast at this point. Did right. you see the viral video of Olivia Rodrigo dancing along to Paris singing Stars Are Blind? No, but now I, well, I, will. I will. I mean, everybody, I strongly encourage you to go and look. It makes me feel ancient um, because <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo is but a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that song still slaps. Let's just be clear. Like stars are blind. Hot. It's a bop. It, that is, that's hot. That's hot. Uh, yeah, no. Paris that's is too old it. to recall that. <laughs> yeah. So How Paris really brought it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that my fave was probably, I mean, do I just want to say Olivia Rodrigo? I mean, maybe oh, it was that. I, I thought it what was did you think that I was going to say? Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. Oh my God. Yes. I mean, you're right. No, no, no. You're right. The I, That wig that, I mean, Chris Appleton, kudos. So like it was laid beautifully. Like the blonde, she leaned into it. I mean, that was unexpected. I think like Megan the Stallion also killed it. Basically, I was very excited to see the looks this year, uh, which isn't always the case. Sometimes it's a little bit boring, but it mm-hmm. seems like everybody knew we needed a little bit of something extra for, something. for this year. We did. We did. All right, we'll go to the tease.com, look at those. Tell us which are your favorite. We'd, we'd love to hear it. Uh, it is, after all, Earth Month this month. Uh, and so, you know, as much as we talk about award season, there are more important things happening in the world that we certainly are aware of. Um, one such thing is that Unwrapped Life, the brand that we've covered previously, is re-releasing their limited edition hair bars specifically in benefit of this month. As a plastic-free hair care brand dedicated to eliminating single-use items and excessive plastic waste, Unwrapped Life has always been focused on doing their part to help our planet. Now, the brand is taking their commitment to making the world a little bit greener and cleaner a step further with a new partnership. This year, in honor of Earth Month, Unwrapped Life has teamed up with the environmentally conscious nonprofit One Tree Planted to work towards their joint mission of planting 10,000 trees in British Columbia, Canada. As part of this partnership, the plastic-free hair care brand will be relaunching their limited edition shampoo and conditioner bar called The Healer. Head to thetees.com for more on all of what that entails. But the question that I've got for you, Kelly, and for our audience is, would you seriously consider a shampoo and conditioner bar? For me, it's all about the lather. And so I would need to really make sure that sucker 
It's really getting me that lather. I think I'd be more amenable to the shampoo versus the conditioner. Yeah, conditioner, I don't think that I could. I have no experience. So what I do appreciate is the fact that their brand has eliminated single use and excessive plastic waste and kudos to them for moving the needle forward. Absolutely. We love to see it. And as we said, head to thetees.com to read more. You can buy, there's a link to the product so you can do some good for the environment by supporting them. All right. Last of some of our favorite headlines on thetees.com from this week, Olaplex's new number nine hair serum wants to protect your hair from pollution. Again, topical given Earth Month. At this point, whenever Olaplex launches a new product, it's pretty much guaranteed to be a game changer. And that's why we are excited that the brand behind so many of our favorite salon-grade hair treatments has introduced its newest innovation and first leave-in serum to its already impressive product lineup. Meet the number nine bond protector nourishing hair serum. Dubbed the anti-damage hair shield, this nourishing silicone-free serum provides protection against free radicals while repairing damage caused by heat and pollution in all hair types. It also promises satin shine, style memory, tangle and static control, and even heat protection up to 450 degrees Fahrenheit. Kelly, we've talked about Olaplex. There was a little bit of a kerfuffle with a different product. (laughs) Are you going to add this one to your cart? You know, I think everything they do is great. I personally am not totally worried about hair pollution affecting my hair. Perhaps call me naive. I don't know. Maybe Wisconsin, it's less of a concern. I feel like yeah. LA. True. Air, I mean, the sm- we're just blanketed in smog That's at all, all hours of the day. Very but- true. But, you know, <laughs> I am and I, I am an avid Olaplex user, and mm-hmm. I do believe the product is absolutely wonderful. So just for that reason, I may just add it to my cart. We love that. <laughs> Head to thetees.com. Check out a million more articles. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We are proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. All right. Up next, as we continue our mental health series, we welcome Audrey Gruss, the founder and chairwoman of the Hope for Depression Research Foundation, which she established in 2006. Excited to hear this interview. Audrey Gruss is founder and chairman of the Hope for Depression Research Foundation, which she established in 2006 in memory of her late mother, Hope, who battled clinical depression for decades. The HDRF's mission is to fund pioneering international scientific research into the origins, diagnosis, treatment, and prevention of depression and its related mood and other emotional disorders, with the ultimate goal of finding a cure. HDRF distinguishes itself as the only significantly funded research program, public or private, based on effective neuroscience which integrates the fields of neuroscience, the biology of the brain, and affect, the mind and emotions. In 2017, Audrey Gruss created the Hope Fragrance Collection, a line of fragrances that donates 100% of net profits directly to the Hope for Depression Research Foundation. Audrey, we are thrilled to have you on the Volume Up podcast. Welcome. How are you doing today? I'm happy to be here with you because I think the time has never been better to talk about depression and mood disorders and what's happening with the world today, considering um, COVID and what we've gone through in the last two years. We as human beings, by our very nature, Jeffrey, are social human beings and we need interaction. And for two years, everyone from little children to the oldest adults have been locked up, many in quarantine for 
long periods of time all over the country. Um, doesn't matter what each state has been doing at all. We've all been affected by the quarantine to the point that there was a CDC and Census Bureau combination study done last year, which showed that one third of Americans have depression and or anxiety or both. Mm. A third of Americans equals 112 million people. And that is astounding. So Mm -hmm. more than ever, depression and mental health is an issue that we really want to deal with. And we at Hope for Depression Research Foundation uh, deal with it every day and are making great strides. And on the other hand, we also have a fragrance collection that we founded where 100% of the net profits of that fragrance go directly to depression research at our foundation. So these two very important topics are what I hope to cover with you today and explain to people how necessary, how important, and how cutting edge all of this information is. Absolutely. And we are going to get into all of that. Uh, But first, let's talk a little bit about yourself. So Audrey, how did you come to the beauty industry to begin? Well, it's interesting. My degree at Tufts University was in Mm -hmm. biology because I was pre-med. And um, I think that education in science was a very important factor in my life because although I didn't go on to medicine, I went, my very first job was as director, uh, not as director, what was I? Assistant to the director, the medical director and the director of pharmacological research at the Revlon Research Center, if you can imagine. So a world of science, but with an interest that I had that was very much part of the creativity uh, that I had that I think I inherited from my mother. My creativity is directly as a result of her creativity. She was a poet and wrote every day of her life. It was very fascinating. After my work at uh, Revlon, I went to J.P. Stevens Textiles and we started a brand of hosiery three brands of hosiery. We launched them in one year. We went from zero to 30 million in one year in sales. And I paid my dues. I cut my teeth in brand marketing and advertising. And there I was director of advertising and creative services. And it was fascinating um, because I traveled to 90 of the top 100 retailers in the country. And it was a fascinating experience making presentations to these people, getting these brands in the stores and working out everything with, you know, the retailers that existed um, 30 years ago. Uh, So it was fascinating. And after that, Elizabeth Arden had heard about my work and I joined Elizabeth Arden, got five promotions in five years and became director of advertising and creative services worldwide for 55 countries. And boy, did I learn diplomacy and and how to really have teamwork because each country, you can imagine that France was very different from the United States in terms of, let's just say how much nudity we could show. So in our beautiful cosmetic and skincare and fragrance advertising, we did some very innovative things in the late 80s and mid 80s. We did some very, very unusual things that, for example, we, we did three color promotions a year. We were the first to do very serious, scientific-oriented advertising 
in skincare with mm. the launch of Visible Difference, things like that. But it was fascinating. It really was amazing. And then I had the great opportunity to um, launch my own line that was called Terme Disaturnia. Not my own line. I own uh, a certain percentage of it with the Doral Group who had uh, asked me to design a skincare for their Doral hotels. And I said, let's not do a new skincare. Let's bring something in from one of the greatest spas in Italy, which was Terme di Saturnia. It's where Roman soldiers marched through when they went up to conquer all of uh, Northern Europe. They walked through the waters of Saturnia because they healed their skin. There mm. was sulfur in that water. And also they called it bioglea, a substance from the center of the earth. These, all these different kinds of bacteria and bioglea um, biological matters that when they broke them down, most closely resembled human skin. So I launched Termita Saturnia here in the States. And I think it's a fabulous company. It still exists. But it was the year that I got married that I launched that firm and had to go to 38 different distribution points. My God. And my husband didn't say anything. My new husband was very supportive. But I thought when I was in Miami and he was in Palm Beach and I couldn't see him because I had a five o'clock radio and then you had to be at seven o'clock at the store to get ready and whatever. I thought, what is wrong with this picture? And I sold my shares back to the Doral Hotel Group, which had mm. the Doral spas, the Doral Saturnia spas. So that is a very succinct, I hope, um, summary of, of my background. In, it was a uh, beautiful history. summary and incredibly fascinating. My, my God, like so many lives lived. Um, and we love that here on the podcast. I mean, people come to beauty from so many different ways and, and hearing about that experience. They do. I'm sure. But you know, the- but- But, you know, Jeffrey, I always feel that my scientific training in terms of organization, Mm -hmm. viewing things from a very didactic approach, putting things in order, you know, phylum, the way that nature is organized, um, made me think a very strong, specific way and stood me well, even in the world of creativity, because in dealing with some of the top creative artists, whether it was artists or photographers or models or uh, writers or whatever over the years, I think that both sides of the brain were functioning <laughs> and I really enjoyed both sides. And that is me. I'm, I'm creative, but I'm also, um, I like structure in my life and, um, and organized for the most part, <laughs> but without being obsessive. But um, I really loved um, all the different positions that I had, mm-hmm. but I, I really love more than anything what I do now, which is amazing. My husband and his family were always philanthropic and through his largesse, and he uh, was very successful on Wall Street. He was the largest private arbitrageur on Wall Street in the 80s and 90s. And I was looking at various concepts and businesses to go into to keep my brain active. And um, my mother, who had had depression, passed away. I was bereft. 
And I spoke to her psychiatrist. She had had depression at that time. It was called years ago, a nervous breakdown. Mm. They didn't know very much about what it was. And I know to live with a person who's got mental illness is a very painful thing. Absolutely. Feel for them. You would do anything for them. You want to know that they get the best treatment and all of that. And I spoke to a psychiatrist. I said, you know, it seems as though my mother was taking different medications from, I assume, different countries, but she never got totally well. She never got total 100% help with her symptoms and because of side effects and everything else. And that's when I started researching the fact that since 1985, when Prozac was introduced, there has been no new category of antidepressants since 85. That's over 35 years ago. It's shocking. Look, at we're putting, we're putting tourists on the moon or we're trying mm-hmm. to get tourists yeah, no, no. to the moon. <laughs> You get well a new cell phone, a new cell phone. What, every three months you've got to have the number 13, 15, 18, <laughs> whatever it is now. And I was shocked. I mean, I thought of my mother as a guinea pig, but that's all they could do. They had trial and error for medication. And one doctor said to me, well, you know, we could always do bricks and mortar and we need more research for a crisis and all of this research. And I said, I don't really want to build a building. I want to get to the root of this and see what's happening. And in 2006, the year after my mother passed away, and that's 15 years ago, mm. I launched Hope for Depression Research Foundation in memory of my mother, whose name was Hope. How ironic is that? Ugh. And, you know, just from working in business and seeing how collaboration worked, from putting a creative person together with the, you know, even the cosmetics, we put the writer and the part and the product designer with our packaging people. And you had to make that group work together. One had to understand the other and vice versa. I knew that I had to have these doctors work in collaboration because most of research at university level is done in silos. Absolutely. I come from that world as well. So I'm very, very familiar, unfortunately. So you understand um, that. Yep, every, every lives in a scientific journal and that's about it. And if you don't right. have access to it, you don't have access to right. results and or certainly not translation. you learn about someone's research when you go mm-hmm. every two years to the main <laughs> conference of that <laughs> to the conference. Yep. And then you have to duplicate the research, whatever. I uh-huh. felt that these neuroscientists, brain uh, scientists, researchers had to work together and it was really not being done at that time 15 years ago. So we put together the Depression Task Force. (laughs) We have nine or 10 of the lead doctors, each a specialist in their field, top in genetics, top in cellular biology, molecular biology, optogenetics, et cetera. These doctors all shared their research in real time at the HOPE data center where they can share it and redirect how the research is going or whatever based on the input they get. It has been thrilling. It has been so rewarding to work with these minds. They are the rock stars of neuroscience. They're fantastic people. And I've loved our work and we've we've made great strides in raising awareness now more than ever. And in the potential of a new antidepressant, we are in clinical trials at Columbia, and at Mount Sinai, 
with a major new compound that is different from the serotonin-based Prozacs of uh, everything out there is a version of Prozac. Yep. Yep. This is something completely different, works on a completely different circuit in the brain, hopefully will have minimal side effects. And the initial results have been so positive. I would say in six to eight months, we'll have a real better idea. And then when we do proof of concept, when we finish that, we hope to work with a major pharmaceutical company mm. who will then have to spend the hundreds of millions of dollars to get it to market. But we have a percent. We have a percent so that we can keep doing our research and improving lives. Incredible. So talk so to us really. Story. I was going to say, let's, let's build that out a little bit. So, I mean, we're now in terms of we've gotten to the point of innovation, which is incredible. And congratulations to you and the team for, for getting Thank there. And, and we're very much looking forward to seeing what happens in a few months time. Um, what was the initial goal? I mean, was it really just to make research better funded, more available, more accessible, like sort of take us back to the initial concepting. Um, so you've left All us of the above. Yep. Okay, please. You mentioned. But basically I know from business, you mm -hmm. don't, take on a whole project you, you take it on in pieces mm -hmm. you take it on with your people and who does what best so we first wanted to do research on what causes depression they didn't even know how the prozac type medications work they just knew that they got some and benefit but mm -hmm. really not great side effects jeffrey 50 percent of the people out there these 112 million people in America who may need antidepressants do not respond to the existing antidepressants in the market. They do not respond. That's critical. We need a new category. And so that's what we first did. We first tried to have identify different circuits in the brain, different compounds in our system that uh, needed to be adjusted or worked with. So we, we, we were working on the very causes, the deep root causes mm -hmm. of depression, new circuits, new compounds in a different manner through instant collaboration and with the purpose of coming up with some new antidepressants, very important, some preventive medicine. If we identify what's going on in the body, Dr. Mm -hmm. Eric Nessler, who is world-renowned, brilliant, and one of the great humanists that I know, he had, is working on the resilience genes in our body. And some people are simply more resilient than others. When they come up, when they have great stress um, in their lives, some people just deal with it, brush it off, keep going. Mm -hmm. Other people succumb. They can't brush, let, let it go like yep. water off a duck's back. They just can't do that. So we're doing amazing work on that. And it all is with the intent, eventually, of finding a cure for depression. I would say that's down the road. I know how slowly and exacting brain research is. And we're taking it in pieces, and we've done very well on identifying these different areas that need to be done. And we're doing fantastically with this new compound that we're testing. 
Well, we are thrilled for you and for the organization. Uh, for our listeners um, that are maybe piqued by this concept and, and uh, the topic, is there a way for them to get involved? Um, we'd love to hear a little bit about that. Obviously, the main thing that we need is funding. We do events. Absolutely. And you can get involved in the events in different ways by participating. We do a race of hope in Southampton, New York in August. Mm -hmm. We do a race of hope in Palm Beach in February. The race of hope in Southampton is in August. And that's one way people from all over the country come and participate. So you can walk or run. Uh, Recently, in late February, we had 400 walkers and runners We only charge $40 for each one to register and be part of the event, but we raised half a million dollars because of community support. Wow. Wow. Community support and sponsor support. So I would say, Jeffrey, now more than ever, more and more people are maximally aware of mental health and the need for it and depression. I only use depression and we call it hope for depression. (laughs) Um, because that's the common cold. It's like a common cold of mental health. I would say that, you know, I'm throwing out this percentage, but around 95% of all mental health is depression or mental illness is depression. That's non-psychotic mood disorders. When you have psychotic out of touch with reality, that's schizophrenia and other very serious mental illness. But depression covers it all. If we can find what causes it, prevention, new treatment, and a cure, this will impact the rest of the whole mental mental field. So that's where that is. Well, speaking of other ways to get involved, um, you had mentioned this at the top of the podcast, and we were thrilled to get into it now, which is Hope Fragrances. So, you know, the research arm, um, one avenue, certainly very important, and funding is of the utmost importance, one way to go about that is Hope Fragrances. So we'd love to hear about how this came to be and what you hope to do, everything about the fragrances. Absolutely. I'd just like to add that for those who want to know more about Hope Fragrances, Yes, please, please, please plug it. They can see the whole website online. It gives them a multitude of information. It's hopefordepression.org. Hopefordepression, one word, dot org. And, and we'll I, include I, the link in the show notes. So yes. there will be no issue for folks that are listening Thank to the podcast now. They can go ahead and add that. Yep. Because yeah, no, everything beautiful. I said is all on there and it shows mm-hmm. the events we've done, the public relations that we've had. So that's great. Now, while we were working with these doctors and we mm-hmm. realized how long it takes and how exacting it is, I thought, I can't get awareness out there and, and raise information, get information out into the press and on social media saying the doctors are working very, uh, you know, very uh, exactingly and, and all of that on their research. So I thought, and I don't know how it came to me, why not do a fragrance? Why not do a fragrance that we can put inserts in and thousands of people might then read the backstory of depression and my mother and all of that. And it came to me because I remember as I ran out of one fragrance, I kind of was mixing two, put one, a little bit of one and another. And I, it came to me that my mother did this. My mother loved white flowers. 
And I wear white flower fragrances. I wore Fraca and um, Lily of the Valley and Gay Dubois, any version of that. And I got that from my mother. I used to see mm. her take Dior's Lily of the Valley. She took Fraca. When she lived in Florida and Palm Beach, she discovered uh, jasmine, mm. night blooming jasmine. And I remember she got a bottle of that and she would spray that on herself. And she loved the gardenia. She loved the Elizabeth Taylor gardenia. Mm -hmm. And when it came time to actually designing this fragrance, I said, well, what, what am I going to do that's better than that? <laughs> I mean, these were the most delicious fragrances individually used or, aha, light bulb. Why not do what mother did? and create a fusion of them. She layered them, but I thought, and I went to Furmanish. I went to three of the top perfume companies, fragrance companies in the world. The president at Furmanish loved the concept. He loved the idea of giving back to charity. And I worked with them. They gave us their two best noses, Honorine Blanc and Pierre Negrin to work with. And uh, it was very exciting and very wonderful. And what they created was a fusion of the four fragrances, Lily of the Valley, Tuberose, Jasmine, and Gardenia. The fusion is so gorgeous mm -hmm. that it's absolutely better than each individual fragrance. And it's something you can't, you can identify them, but in layers. It is divine. And the whole objective was that 100% of profit would go directly back to depression research so that we could spend our time on developing and doing so much research that was needed to bring us to this point of an ultimate cure. Um, we launched this four years ago at Saks mm -hmm. and it did very, very well at Saks. The buyer then changed and so it became that particular fragrance that the initial buyer had brought in, and we now launch at, at Bergdorf Goodman, which Beautiful. is the ultimate fabulous luxury department store, I think, in the world, mm -hmm. um, certainly in America. And it's doing so well at Bergdorf, but we launched right at the beginning of COVID in September, and COVID hit in January. Yep. So, our, but we did very, very well on mail order because people weren't going into the store they weren't allowed to yep. and then we created we had such success we created not only the original hope fragrance which comes in this beautiful package Ugh. that is very clean and modern this itself has a very upward lifting kind of you know mm -hmm. aspirational mm -hmm. packaging that was done by mark rosen who i actually worked with at elizabeth arden Oh, was, we love when it comes he together. was head of packaging at Arden. And when I thought I wanted to use the best, I want to work with somebody I know is so talented. I called Mark. Mark was still riding high. He does all the great fragrances around for internationally and whatever. And so he thought that this elongated neck, this upward feeling would work very well. And we did that neck in gold. When we designed Hope Sport, we gave it a silver neck mm -hmm. and silver packaging on top. 
And when we did Hope Night, and I'll explain to you more about this, mm-hmm. we did a rose gold neck and rose Gorgeous. gold packaging. So look how divine this looks, even in the store. Yeah. You have the uh, gold, the silver, and the rose Timeless. Gold. Isn't that great marketing? Like that, too. So, so um, what are the hallmarks of this? So, I mean, we talked about the first, Hope Fragrances. What are the hallmarks of sport and then night? We felt that women, I, and I know when I get into my exercise clothes in the morning, mm-hmm. sometimes I never get out of them. I'm just on Zoom <laughs> or I have to exactly. shower exactly. and run you know, to a meeting or whatever. Yep. Hope Sport is a green citrus fragrance mm. with a base of two of the flowers, two of the white flowers. It is lighter. It's like grass after a light rainfall, that smell Ugh. of nature. So it's Ugh. for... Anyone who just wants a very light but airy fragrance that really works for kind of casual days. Hope, as you know, is iconic in terms of its gorgeous, very distinctive, identifiable fragrance. And then we know that women often change to a different fragrance at night. And I researched, went out and got 30 of the top fragrances Maybe not so top, but maybe the ones that we <laughs> sold, sold in their particular brands and categories. Sure. And we wanted ours to be better and more beautiful. So our top notes are plum and vanilla, the mm. comfort of this vanilla smell. Then we have vetiver and patchouli. And then we have tuberose and gardenia. Mm. It is so delicious. It's, it sounds I intoxicating. I want to bathe in all of these. As That's you're the describing word. them, I just want to Thank spray you myself. Thank giving me that word. It's intoxicating. And the mm. other thing is, they're very fat molecules. They last on the skin all night. It uh, is, of course you thought of that. It's absolutely delicious. I have people follow me out of the elevator. I have people mm-hmm. ask me. You know, <laughs> Chasing what? you down. What are you wearing? <laughs> uh, there's nothing better. I really have had husbands say, what is this? I have to get it for my wife. So that's my biggest compliment. Highest these compliment. three fragrances with the yellow feeling of hope, the green of sport, and this beautiful plummy mm. lavender look of Hope Night, we're thrilled with it. We have a special package. They come individually. They come in 1.7 ounces or 50 mm. ml. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have a purse spray version, which is darling. And it, you can also take it on a plane with you. And we have a beautiful candle. We have a hand and body cream Ugh. because of this layering concept. Mm-hmm. And then, Jeffrey, we just launched a Bergdorf, the body butter. Ah, of course you did. And this was for winter. It was absolutely perfect. It is the bronze or the rose gold, mm-hmm. the rose gold packaging of Hope Night. And then as we bring it out, oh, it's, it's beautiful. Frosted jar, Hope Night body butter. And it is just delicious. It's the Hope Night fragrance. Then you layer it. And coming out of winter, coming into spring when your skin is dry and whatever, anybody who uses this does not have dry skin. It <laughs> But it's got coconut and shea butter in it. Mm. Soothing, mm. calming, and goes right in. 
you can do massages with it because there's enough clay, but then it goes right in and leaves an amazing texture on the skin. Can you smell it through the air? I, I, I feel like can I can. This is the magic of Zoom. I mean, the way that you're describing it, um, truly, I want all of these things, which, so they're available. I don't feel undressed. Jeffrey, I don't <laughs> feel undressed unless I put on, well, in the morning, I cannot leave without hope. And um, in the evening, I cannot, I do not feel dressed without putting that behind my neck, on my pulse points, and sometimes even behind my knee. Mm just divine it's just well, no delicious. wonder people are chasing you down to figure out what you're you're wearing um that's all <laughs> i mean I but the way that you've point. described it i have a key point to tell you 100 percent of the net profit goes to depression research so people today are so aware younger people especially mm-hmm. of a cause they want to have products that also do something for Absolutely. the world there's a sense of giving back much more than ever. And I think that this is the first product that I know where 100% goes back to a cause. And this is right now one of the greatest medical and humanitarian causes. It really is. 350 million people around the world are said to have depression. That's an old statistic that has to be updated. But I would say that any penny that we make that can go to research can improve lives. So I'm, I'm so proud to be part of this uh, concept. And we're so happy to have you. Yeah, no, I mean, again, it's trying times, but there's always hope and there's hope fragrances. So we are thrilled that we were able to chat with you about this. Um, We love the line. Uh, It is incredible to see that the portfolio is already so robust in terms of different items. Yes. Um, just yes. for the listeners, so that they, if they feel inspired to do so, if they were to go and purchase in order to contribute, where might they? Is it exclusively at Bergdorf's? Can they find them elsewhere? Let, please, let's just make that clear and we'll put it in the show notes as well. Thank you, Jeffrey. You ask the right questions all the time. Anyway, it is available at Bergdorf Goodman in New York. It is mm-hmm. available at bg.com or bergdorfgoodman.com. It is available also on our website, hopefragrances.com, hopefragrances.com. So um, I think there's many ways to get it. And our particular website is also very descriptive. And I think it gives you a feeling of this whole, um, the imagery, the concept, the branding, this wonderful feeling that all goes to a charity cause. Mm. It each stands on its own. The fragrances are gorgeous. They each stand on their own. But the fact that you also, when you buy for yourself or for friends, mm. that it goes to charity is really a beautiful, beautiful Truly. humanitarian concept. Truly. Oh, we love it. We are so thrilled. Um, and before we wrap here today, we're going to talk a little bit about our quick takes. These are the things that we ask of all of our guests um, Yeah, to sort of get them primed to talk to our audience uh, in little snippets. So the first quote that we've got, and we've gone through so many quotes. I mean, you've shared, um, but what is a quote that inspires you or that you love or that motivates you in the morning when you're spraying on your hope fragrances? Well, I have to tell you, it's from a completely different direction. But oh, now please. what I Let's watch, do it. it really is. I watch um, the news every day and I am so touched and moved by what's going on in the world and in Ukraine. 
that what comes to mind is Winston Churchill's um, mm. statement when he said, we will fight on the beaches, we will fight on our land, we will fight, we will fight, we will never lose. I don't have that exact quote, but that rings in my mind. I heard it you know, on television. It reminds me of President Zelensky mm. and the courageous, extraordinary work that he is doing. I mean, the person that he is and how he's inspiring his nation to stay free. Mm. I think freedom and democracy are its the most important thing. And it's why I could even do something like this in America, develop a concept, develop a foundation for, for philanthropy and to really bring this kind of attention to depression and to create a beautiful line that, mm -hmm. you know, keeps saying the message and repeating the message to people. That's one of my favorite quotes, the Churchill one. Oh, now well, more than ever. Now more than ever, absolutely. Um, and yes, uh, you know, our thoughts are obviously with uh, the Ukrainian people and, and certainly the president. Um, and so good that you brought that up. I mean, layering on all of the world events on top yes. of COVID and everything. I mean, it's been a lot for everyone, yes. but especially uh, for those folks at the moment, unfortunately. Um, a little bit of a pivot. Uh, what was the last Google search that you've got? Aha! Uh -huh. You won't believe it, but this is totally on point. I love it. I, I love it already. I looked up tuberose uh. because tuberose, someone said to me, is a version of rose. A rose, I said, it absolutely is not. It's a bulbous, totally different plant. I had wanted to find out where it grows and it grows in very exotic countries and whatever. Mm -hmm. But that's one of the last things I Googled just to get a little bit of information about something I should know all about. Incredibly on brand. Uh, and I love that you would do that. Um, certainly nothing but thorough. Uh, what is, Audrey, in your time, the cringiest trend that you've tried? When you look back in your long career, your storied career in beauty, is there something that you just wish you hadn't done? Maybe a lipstick color, a hairstyle, a hair color, perhaps? One of the cringiest things. That, that's funny. I can think about last summer where <laughs> the whole big trend in dresses was cut out dresses, a cut out tummy, a cut out back, a cut out front. <laughs> I might as well just, just, just put it, Let it all straps yep. together, yep. straps yep. together. Yep. Mm -hmm. But I saw the cutest dress and it had little dogs all over it. So it was just a completely, you know, different print, but it had a triangle mm -hmm. cut out at the tummy. And I loved the dress so much that I bought it and I wore it. And I wore it through the day and I wore it through lunch. And I looked at myself after lunch and I thought, oh, no, this is not what I want to look like. <laughs> so all those all those pounds from lunch went right to the triangle. <laughs> and I'm I sure thought, that wasn't maybe, the case. Maybe I'll save this for when I'm 10 pounds lighter. Oh. <laughs> so that was like very cringy for me. Nobody said anything, but I feel cringeworthy. I, I feel that. Um, what is the animal that you are most like? Once in a um, crossword puzzle, I came up with, I had to look it up mm -hmm. when I looked up what the correct word was, but um, the word akapi, and it's a South African gazelle. Mm -hmm. And the reason, because I like what I read about it. I like that it was very kind of delicate and refined mm -hmm. and a very elegant animal. And it was rare, mm -hmm. certainly rare. It's not something we all know about, like nope. a, you know, a giraffe or whatever. And um, that it's very much in their 
they go in teams and crowds and I forget what they call it, like a gaggle of geese. I don't know what a gaggle <laughs> Whatever of that is for geese <laughs> is like. But um, I would say Acapi, it always fascinated me. And I said, that kind of reminds me of me a little bit. I love that. I, I can absolutely see it. So I'm a little bit of a animal buff um, and I'm picturing it perfectly. I think that, yeah, everything that we've just talked about, all of that lines up exactly with what I think an Acapi would be. So yeah, that's spot on. Great. Stripe yes. on. Um, what is one product that you cannot live without and it cannot be one of your own? So we've talked about, again, the beautiful line that you've got, Hope Fragrances and all of its different aspects, whether it's the sprays, whether it's the, the lotion, et cetera, but can't be a Hope Fragrance. What is a product that you can't live without? You're sure it can't be body. Buff. Well, it could be. I would allow it. But I mean, really, we're beauty junkies on this podcast. We're all no, obsessed with like, the something. latest, greatest. Yes, please. I have something that I've been using for the last five or six years that I think is an extraordinary product. It's Dr. Brandt's, B-R-A-N-D-T, Dr. Brandt's Do Not Age line. Okay. DNA. Isn't that a clever branding? That's and the product is called Time Defying Cream. It's mm. a moisturizer, but I thought mm-hmm. it had one of the most exquisite on-point branding approaches. So Dr. Brandt, Do Not Age, DNA, and he has a whole line, but the one mm-hmm. product that if I don't use it, I mean, I just, I, there's no reason why I wouldn't use it unless I forgot to bring it with me if I were traveling. It's the Time Defying Cream and I think that it really has kept my skin in a very good condition for for years. We love that. And we will be Otherwise, linking. Otherwise, I look like Methuselah or something. No, 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 no. I, 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 I don't think that that's at all the case. But we do love a product. And so we'll be linking out to that one. Um, I've seen yes. some testimonial video, some before and after, that is incredible. And I know um, it's, those avail- it's available at Sephora. I, mm-hmm. I think I can, you can order it also online directly from them. But uh, it's excellent. It's really wonderful. All right. Last thing before we leave, Audrey, what is some advice that you've got for folks that want to get to the top of the beauty industry like yourself? Oh, wow. I think that whether it's the beauty industry, the fragrance industry, Mm -hmm. the philanthropy arena, anywhere, Mm -hmm. it is perseverance. Absolutely. When they tell you it can't be done, persevere to a certain point where you think I've really tried alternatives. And I think that is very good for any profession that anybody is in. If you believe in something, persevere and stick with it. Love that. Love that message. Uh, And certainly our audience is going to be very happy to hear that. Um, We're always about sort of a motivational moment. Well, we very much appreciate your time. And you certainly were very fascinating. Thank you for coming onto the Volume Up podcast. It was an I found absolute it, pleasure. I found it wonderful. Thank you so Thank much, you. Jeffrey. All right, Jeff. So who is not going to add to cart those exclusives? Am I right? Truly. I want, I don't <laughs> wear, I mean, clearly they are not Love. designed for me in mind, but the way that she talked about these fragrances, I mean, she and I were like at the end, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to buy everything. So. I mean, later, Joe Malone. <laughs> I was going to say, Joel Malone does not benefit depression and mood disorder research. So do yourself a favor. Do us all a favor. 
and consider seriously um, purchasing because it benefits something that's so important. Uh, as we talked about in the interview, depression affects so, so, so many people around the world, particularly women. Uh, and let's do something to sort of combat the stigma. Uh, there's no need for any of that. Um, so yeah, thank you so much to Audrey for coming on, for chatting with us. And we really strongly recommend that you take a look in the show notes, click some of those links and consider purchasing for a good cause. Thanks for the great interview. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.